So this morning we have a very special service in front of us as we're about to celebrate the baptism of five more individuals into our faith family this morning here at Grace Chapel. And so once I get done uh, talking here in a few moments, we're going to see five people one at a time enter into the waters of baptism behind me. They're going to give their testimony of faith in Jesus, be immersed, and then come back out of the water again. And I always want to explain before we do this that if you're not familiar with any of this, it'd come across as a little bizarre. Why is everyone getting wet, and what is up with this public dunking? And so I want to take a few moments this morning to explain the significance of baptism and what it pictures and what it represents. And the simplest way that I can explain it is in this way. Baptism symbolizes or it pictures a believer's spiritual union with their Savior, Jesus Christ. This truth is taught most clearly in Romans chapter 6, verses 3-4, through 4, where Paul explains this, Do you not know that all of us, that is believers, every single person who's been, who has trusted in Jesus Christ for their salvation, for the forgiveness of their sins, all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. Now Paul states something very important there. He states that every single person who trusts in Jesus Christ for their salvation is baptized into Christ Jesus. Now that word baptized means to be immersed. It means to be plunged or buried deep into something. And so when we trust in Jesus, we are in some sense spiritually plunged and buried deep into Jesus, His saving person and work. And here's why that's important, and I wanted to explain this this morning. Have you ever seen something get buried? I was trying to think of a good illustration of this, and uh, one example I came up with is our pool water this last summer often got quite cloudy. Cloudy. I've since figured out how to fix that, so please don't come up to me afterwards. But, but when you got in, the water would often become this bluish-green cloud. Well, one time when it was particularly bad, Felix wanted me to go underwater and throw a torpedo shark at him, and we could throw it back and forth. So we both went down under the water, and I immediately became disoriented, and I didn't expect it. I couldn't see anything. Felix had disappeared. The pool walls had disappeared. My feet had disappeared. (laughs) Everywhere I looked, all I could see was a bluish, green, cloudy water everywhere. Laughing, we both came to the surface. We uh, refaced each other. And then while looking at each other, we submerged again. And again, Felix completely disappeared from my sight. Though I knew I was looking at him, all I could see was the water. Because Felix was immersed when I looked at him, I saw water, not Felix. Listen, that is a lot like what happens when we are baptized or immersed into Jesus Christ for our salvation. The Bible tells us that you, when you, are, that you are spiritually immersed and buried in Him to such a degree that when God looks at you, God sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. And that's really good news because if God was to look at ourselves by ourselves, not buried in Jesus, then what God would see is all of our sin, all of our guilt, and all of our spiritual death. That, that's who we are before trusting in Jesus Christ, still outside of Christ. First, we are sinners, and we need to understand this, right? Romans 3.23 says, For all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
So all of us have sinned, all of us have chosen through our daily decisions to go our own way and walked in rebellion against our Creator and Giver of life. Spurning His commandments, we've decided to walk in the arrogance of our own eyes. Apart from Jesus, we stand before God as sinners. And that means, second, that we are guilty. Romans 6.23 says that the wages or the consequences, the penalty for our sinning against God is death. That is eternal death. Infinite death due to our infinite offenses against an infinitely glorious God. Apart from Christ, we stand before God as sinners, as guilty, and to make matters worse, third, apart from Christ, we stand before God as spiritually dead. Ephesians 2.1 says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Dead. In other words, left to ourselves, there is nothing we can do to change our sinful and guilty state. We need outside intervention, right? We need God to do something in order to save us. And God has. God has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to live as a man, to die as a man, to rise again in triumph so that all those who trust in Him might find salvation and forgiveness in Him. Why? Because when you trust in Jesus and are spiritually plunged into Him, God no longer sees you in all your sin, guilt, and death, just like Felix in the pool this past summer. When God looks at you, He sees now Jesus and all of His perfection and all of His forgiveness and all of His life, and you buried deep into that. First, Jesus has perfection. This is the good news, right? Whereas we sin and we disobey God each and every day, Jesus never, ever did. He was the perfect baby, the perfect child, the perfect teenager, the perfect adult. In John 8, 29, Jesus says, I always do the will of my Father who is in heaven, and all of his enemies that were standing around him couldn't even say he was lying in that moment. Jesus, living beneath God's law, fulfilled every righteous requirement that would ever be necessary to be accepted before God in heaven. And Jesus did it all for us so that we might receive that righteousness through faith in Him. Jesus lived the perfect life that you and I could never live, and I often say that every Sunday morning to remind us of these glorious truths. And His perfect righteousness is given as a gift to all of those who recognize they need it and trust in Jesus Christ for their salvation. Jesus has perfection. Second, Jesus has forgiveness. See, whereas our death would mean a forever punishment for our sins beneath God's wrath, Jesus' death means a full payment for our sins, absorbing God's wrath. See, when Jesus died, he didn't die for his sins. He had none. He died for the sins of his people, for all those who would trust in him. Jesus Christ, infinite person, absorbed the infinite punishment of God's infinite wrath for our infinite sins. And what we would have to have paid for for all of eternity, Jesus paid for in full when he died on the cross in our place. And on the basis of that payment, Jesus offers forgiveness to all those who trust in him. Sin has been paid for in Jesus for all those who trust in him. His perfect death beneath God's wrath is counted for us when we trust in Him for salvation. Jesus has perfection. Jesus has forgiveness. And then the third glorious truth is that Jesus has life. See, whereas 
we in our trespasses and sins are spiritually dead. Jesus in all of his perfection and power is eternally alive. That is why on the third day after he died the death we could never die, he rose in victory over all that sin, all that guilt, all that death. And he won a victory that you and I could never win. We know that there is life in Jesus' name. We know that there is forgiveness in His name and we know that there is righteousness in His name because only Jesus went into the grave and came back out again by the power of His indestructible life. His promises are true. His tomb is empty because Jesus is mightier than our sin, mightier than our death, mightier than the grave. And His perfect victory is given to us when we trust in Him for our salvation. So Jesus has perfection. Jesus has forgiveness. Jesus has life. And that's why it's so important to believe in Jesus and to be spiritually plunged into Him. Because once you're immersed into Christ, when God looks at you, He no longer sees you in all of your sin. He sees you in all of Christ's righteousness. God no longer sees you buried beneath your guilt. He now sees you buried beneath Christ's perfect sacrifice and forgiveness. And God no longer sees you overcome by spiritual death and failure, he sees you now indwelt by Christ's life and power and victory. This is the good news of the gospel. This is why we come together every Sunday to worship God. It's because of what Jesus has done. As Paul says in Romans 6, verse 4, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. Why? In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in a newness of life. In Jesus Christ, we're born again out of a life of sin, death, and spiritual, uh, spiritual death. And we are plunged into a life of perfection, forgiveness, and spiritual life. And all of that happens, that spiritual union and immersion in Christ, all that happens the moment that you, by God's grace, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. You are plunged into Jesus Christ. And so that's what baptism, that's what we're about to do, that's what it is a picture of. It is a picture of a believer's spiritual union in Jesus. Just like a wedding ring is a picture of the union that exists between a husband and a wife, baptism is a picture of the union that exists between Christ and his, the people he's redeemed. Baptism doesn't save you. It's just a picture of the one, the only one who can, Jesus and your union with him. By going under the water today, these five individuals are proclaiming publicly that they have trusted in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. They're declaring that in Jesus Christ they have died to their old relationship with sin and that they have received a new life and a relationship with God in Christ Jesus that will be dedicated to living for the glory of God alone. And I wanted all of us to understand this before we see these baptisms for two main reasons. First, first, if you have not yet trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, I want to urge you this morning to hear the good news that I've just preached and believe be plunged into Jesus Christ so that when God looks at you, He doesn't see your sin and guilt and death. He would see as by His grace as a gift Christ's perfect righteousness and forgiveness and life which He offered up for you. See the salvation that's behind the symbol of baptism and be saved this morning. Christ has died in payment for sins and risen again. Join Him in that new life. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be forgiven of your sins. Be saved and be born again to a brand new life. You can do that this morning right where you sit. Second, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ and you do have new life in Him, 
I want to drop another challenge. How have you responded to his salvation for the glory of God? And this is a focus that we are having as a church continually. You have believed the good news. Praise God. But have you been living for your glory in this most essential way? Have you gone public with your faith as Christ commands you to do by being baptized? Have you declared, I am with Christ and I am with his people? Have you been baptized and added to the church as Christ commanded you to be for the glory of God? Believe, be baptized, be added. During this service, think and pray about how Christ is calling you to respond for the glory, or for the gospel, for the glory of God today. And then one final admonition. As you see these baptisms, remember your own baptism. Remember that first time God's grace worked in your life to say, I want to stand for Jesus and I want everyone to know that I belong to him. And then think about the journey God has taken you through since that decision to stand for Christ. And as you think about that, give God the praise and the glory for what he's done in your life and pray for these individuals as they're getting baptized as well. That God would give them much grace to do the same and to stand for Jesus Christ in this world. I encourage all of us at this time to worship and praise God. Each one of these individuals are a testimony of God's saving grace and a wonderful testimony of how he saves sinners. God is so good, so loving, and so rich in mercy that he would take those who are dead in their trespasses and sins and wash us clean by the blood of the Lamb. We should celebrate that. So, I know we don't often do this. If you feel so called, say amen, clap, cheer, give God the glory for the great things he has done. At this time, let's pray, and then we'll, have, uh, we'll get ready for our baptisms. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what's about to happen. We thank you for the saving person and power of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that there is a gift of righteousness and forgiveness and eternal life that is given to all those who trust in Jesus for their salvation. Father, I pray that if there is someone here this morning that recognizes that they are still outside of Christ, exposed before you in their sin, in their guilt, and in their spiritual death, I pray that this morning they would see the salvation behind this symbol of baptism and they would run to Jesus for forgiveness. Father, I pray that the rest of us would just give you the honor and the glory for what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen.